want to review. I hope you've been encouraged by this series. I believe with all my heart when we come into a new year, I don't know about you, but I don't want to like stumble into the new year or sleep into the new year. I want to get launched into the new year with faith. Anybody with me? So I, I've been trying to pump your heart with faith, not just simply positive motivational stuff that's, that's, that's without substance, but how many know we have to lay a foundation for living larger? I started this series by quoting the words of the Apostle Paul. Paul said this, your life is not small, but you're living it in a small way. I've tried to cast a vision for us that every single one of us with Christ can do exceedingly abundantly, immeasurably above all that we could ask or think. In fact, I've I've had this verse in my office. I try to meditate on this verse every day. Listen, listen, this is Ephesians 3, verse 20, and this is from the Passion Translation. It said, he will, I'm sorry, we will achieve infinitely more than our greatest request your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. That's what the Bible says God wants to do. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest expectation. How many of you know we got to dream big? we got to believe God. And we don't want to go to our grave and, and then someday sit before the Lord and have him look at us and go, how come you didn't believe me for more than that? You know, why didn't you challenge me? What, you know, I want to keep the angels busy. How many of you know when God gave a supernatural assignment to somebody, he sent angels to tell them it's going to be all right, all right? I got a little assignment, it's going to be all right. I want to keep the angelic host busy over Livingstone's church, you with me? And I want to keep God going. I love those people. I love those people. I love the way they challenge me. I love the way they believe for more. I love their sacrifice. That's what I want in my heart. I want to keep God uh, excited about Livingstone's church, not up there asleep going, I really wish they would ask me something worthy of my involvement, all right? So let's believe God. First week, we talked about digging deeper. I want to encourage you this year, go deeper in your pursuit of God. Don't quit. Don't, Don't shrink back. What does that mean, Pastor? I hope you're in the Word every day. I hope you're in the presence of God in prayer every day. I hope you're taking control of the atmosphere of your house, of your car, and I hope it's full of worship music and you're filling your heart thinking about God and worshiping God. I hope you're serving and you're loving people and you're giving away what God's given to you. I hope you're connected relationally in some ministry in this church because how many of you know being like Christ is a kingdom uh, project? It requires other people. You can't be like Jesus in your closet. Some people, that's that's the extent of their... Christ's likeness is hiding in a closet, and, and you look really good when you're in a closet, but guess what? It's people that you need to learn to love and deal with, and that's what really helps us to be like Jesus. So get involved and dig deeper this year. I told us, let's get away with our small thinking and start believing God for big things. Let's put away our small loving and really go after loving people in a, in a tangible way, starting in our home, starting a, in our neighborhood, and moving out in concentric circles from there. And I love what Gary shared last week. Pastor Gary, who was with us, challenged us to get in the game, not be somebody that is a hinderer, but be somebody who's a helper. Amen? In other words, let's all be involved in what God's doing here. Let's all put our hands to the plow. Let's let's everybody have skin in the game. And let's make sure we're not guilty of small giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure. And I want to talk to you today. I was asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, how do we end this thing? And this is what I felt like God spoke to me is that to live large, you also need to live small. And what he meant by that is this. We need to live in the moment. In other words, live in right now. Some people, I think, fall into two extremes, and maybe this is you. Some people are guilty of living in the past. You say, well, pastor, is that me? Well, let me, let me give you some hints. If you still have bitterness over something that happened in the past, five years ago, 10 years ago, 
then you're guilty of being stuck in the past. If there's something that happened to you that wounded you and hurt you uh, and that deeply uh, traumatized you uh, and you've never dealt with that, then guess what? To some degree, you're still living in the past. Uh, if you're still trying to overcome something that happened in your childhood or overcome a painful divorce or a painful loss and you've never, never addressed these things, then guess what? You're stuck in your past. And so I want to encourage you, don't stay stuck in your past. Make sure that as you live in the moment, you realize what's keeping you from moving forward. The other mistake people make is they live in the future. Now, I, I believe we're to be visionaries. I challenge you. We need to have a big vision. But this is what I'm talking about. There's some people that say things like this. You know, someday... Someday, I'm going to do this. Someday, when this happens, or when God provides, or when you know, the stars align, then, then I'm going to do such and such. There's some people that are always daydreaming is what it becomes, daydreaming about a better future. When God's called us not to daydream about the future, but to really get focused on the moment right now. You know, young people have this little phrase, you see it on t-shirts and hats, YOLO. You know, at first I thought that was a yogurt or something. I had no idea what YOLO <laughs> stood for. Anybody else there? I'm showing my age. YOLO. Yeah. Then I asked like a four-year-old, and they told me all about this thing, all right? (laughs) YOLO. You only live once. Now, people that, not to confuse my message, what I'm not saying is, guys, we only live once. Let's be selfish pigs and live for ourselves and live for our pleasure and, you know, and live in a state of a drunken stupor the rest of our lives because you only live once as if that is a great future. Can I tell you, first of all, that is not a future. And can I tell you, secondly, YOLO is a lie because you don't live once. You live forever. And let me tell you another lie. You don't live once on this planet. If you're born again, you're coming back to a redeemed planet that's without sin, and we're going to rock this place forever with the Lord Jesus Christ. So YOLO is a lie, all right? I'm challenging all of you. Go burn your YOLO wardrobe in Jesus' name, all right? It's a lie from the pit of hell. You know, in Solomon's day, they had this, you know, living under the sun, eat, drink, and be merry, you know, for tomorrow we die, that whole kind of approach. Uh, That is from the pit of hell. That's not true. How many know God is the source of pleasure? And Christians should be maximizing our pleasure. Now, now you're all thinking. I got you thinking. <laughs> what? Blasphemy. No, I'm preaching the gospel. Not earthly pleasure that's temporary, but kingdom pleasure that is sustainable, durable, and lasting. That's the kind of pleasure we're to be pursuing. And so when I'm talking here about focusing on the moment, what I'm really saying is this. We need to get our focus not on the grandiose or not all the way in the, in the past, but what is God doing right now in this moment through us corporately and through me individually and you individually? How I many you know God, the Bible says God is always at work. Now let me parenthetically go back just for a moment about our past. This is important. We don't live in the past, but if you don't deal with the past, the past lives on in you. Some of you have this other misguided idea that once you got saved, you don't need to deal with your past, you're a new creation, everything's going ahead. Let me just tell you, that's not true either. Your spirit is new. Your soul needs a lot of help. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so take advantage this year. Get some healing. Go to the class on inner healing. Go to Celebrate Recovery. Go to our Encounter Weekends. Get involved in a life group. Get yourself healed. Check this out so you can live fully present in the now. That's part of why God wants us to get healed from the past is so we can enjoy what he's doing right now. And so many people don't because they're stuck. So here's the deal. If we're going to live larger, we have to aim smaller. I want to give you four things. I'm going to hit them really fast this morning. 
about, about living larger in the moment, all right? Four awarenesses that we need to develop. First thing, let me talk about, is a greater awareness of God's presence. Greater awareness of God's presence. You know, Jacob had an interesting encounter with God one night. He went to sleep. In fact, he was out in the wilderness. The Bible says he put his head down on a rock. Not the most comfortable environment, but that was where he was sleeping. And I'm sure he had nothing in his mind except the, the desire to actually sleep. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's very, what I'm trying to get at is it was a normal day in his life. But how many of you know even our normal days are full of the supernatural and they're impregnated with God and God potential? And that night while he was sleeping, the Bible tells us he, he was encountered by God. He had a dream of a ladder going to heaven, and he saw angels ascending and descending from the ladder. And at the top of the ladder was none other than the Lord Jesus himself. And this is what God spoke to him. God said this. He reiterated all the promises of Abraham over his life, and he spoke an incredible blessed future of what it meant to be in covenant with God. And this is what, this is what he said when he, when he awakened from that moment. The Bible says, then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said this, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. Can I tell you, if we're going to live in the moment, we need to live with an awareness that God is in the moment, and most of the time we're just not frankly aware we wake up and we get into our routine and we go through the motions and we do all the stuff we normally do. And what I'm trying to tell you is stop it. Wake up with an incredible sense of expectation that your day is holy, that you are holy, that God's presence is with you, and that God has things ordained that he wants to do that are awesome. And, we're, and the problem is most of the time we're just not even aware of what he's trying to do. You know, the Bible says the last words of Jesus to his people as he's getting ready to ascend we call it the Great Commission, but look at this promise. Jesus speaking, the, the risen Son of God speaking. Be sure of this. What are we supposed to be sure of? I am with you always, even until the end of the age. I want us to hear that again. The Lord is with you always. Well, Pastor, I just don't feel like it. I don't think he asked whether you felt like it. The Son of God who rose from the dead declared that he is with you always. I was hearing an interesting testimony from a pastor who was in a Turkish prison, uh, and, and in that Turkish prison, he was kept in isolated, uh, an isolated cell, and he was tortured repeatedly. His only crime was that he loves Jesus Christ, and he was a pastor, all right? And his name was Pastor Brunson. Some of you saw it. He was re recently released. And this, this is what Pastor Brunson said. They were interviewing him, and, and the interviewer said, uh, did you sense God's presence with you in that cell? And this is what he said, no. He said, did you hear God's voice while you were in that cell? This is what he said to my surprise. No. He said, God only spoke to me at various seasons throughout that time. But this is what he said. I knew God was with me. Because when you're in a cell and you're in incredible pain and you're in isolation, if you're waiting for goosebumps, you're going to be waiting for a long time. There's nothing good feeling about being tortured. There's nothing good about being isolated. But here's what I want to talk to you in American culture that is so saturated in feelings. Sometimes it doesn't matter what it feels like. What matters is God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And if we can carry that in to every moment that we're in, the first thing that comes to your mind is your awareness of the presence of God who lives in you as a believer. 
This should give us incredible confidence that we're going into a situation. I remember the first time I did a public debate on television, all right? Now, it was a cable station, and probably only three people, including maybe my mom that night, was the third person watching me. But it didn't matter. I had never done it before. I didn't know what I was doing. If they asked the wrong question, I might look really stupid. So this is what I said before I got in. Father, I thank you that you're with me at church. I thank you that you're with me in my home. And I thank you that your presence is with me now. So let's go. I acted like I had the supernatural creator of the universe living inside of me because that's exactly what the situation was. I have the supernatural creator of the universe living inside of me. And the Bible says he's never going to leave us or forsake us. So here's my challenge to you. Let's believe in the moment God is here. God is with you. God is with me. It's a game changer. I don't care what you're going through. If you're a lover of Jesus, God is with you. Confess that. Begin to thank him that he's with you. That's how we walk through these things. Secondly, we need to be more aware of God's people. Actually, I'm going to back up. I got ahead of myself. I got to share one more verse. I'm trying to be in a hurry this morning. Look at, look at this verse. This is worth repeating. John 14, verses 15 through 17. Jesus speaking, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. That word advocate in some translations means comforter, or encourager, or counselor, and this advocate, the Holy Spirit, check this out, who will never leave you, He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. But look at what it says about the world. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. This this just leapt off the page at me this week. Part of the problem is we act like unsafe people because we don't look for God and we don't expect or recognize God when he's moving. How many of you know the Lord never stops moving in people's lives? He's on a mission to redeem planet Earth. He's on a mission to save. He's on a mission to heal. What is God doing when the sun rises in Crown Point, Indiana? He's saving. He's healing. He's delivering. He's answering prayer. He's strengthening. Guess what? It's the same thing he does every day in redemptive history. How many of you believe that? But here's the thing. It says unsaved people don't recognize the Holy Spirit because they're not looking for the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many of us, we don't see God move because we're not looking for him and we don't recognize him when he's trying to move. I'm telling you, and the reason we don't is we're either looking straight ahead, we're in a hurry, or we're looking in the rearview mirror and we're stuck in the past when God's saying, hey, I'm trying to show you what I'm doing right now. Look for me and recognize me. Man, that was so good. That just, that just spoke to my heart this week. Oh, that is so good. I don't want to live like a pagan. So what are we looking at, and do we recognize that God is moving? Second thing is we need a greater awareness of God's people. Here's the question I'm simply asking. Who will I encounter today that needs a touch from Jesus? You know, the other day, I walked into Jewel, and I was, getting, I was doing my honey-do list with my wife, and thank God for cell phones. Guys, can you say thank God for cell phones? Because I walk out of, the, out of my car, into the store, and I instantly, like, what was I supposed to get? I don't know if it's a guy thing or what, but thank God for cell phones. And I was supposed to get something. I think I was getting a gift card for somebody. But this is what I did. I said, Lord, I'm not just here to get a gift card. I'm here on assignment. Why do you have me come into Jewel? I walk into Jewel, I'm standing by the gift cards, and I hear this voice, Pastor Ron, 
instantly I, I turned and I saw somebody who I had not seen for years, and we had the most delightful conversation there, and we encouraged each other, and I loved on her, and she encouraged me, and I just thought, Lord, that was really cool. I was aware that I'm not just shopping. I'm not just getting gasoline. I'm not just going to work tomorrow. I'm on assignment with God. And God has people there. And I love the simplicity of this because, you know, let me just tell you, in church, you get a lot of people that come to church, they're looking for titles, they're looking for positions, they're looking for a platform. But can I just tell you something? The ministry is about none of that. It's about people. It's about loving people. And I love the way missionary Heidi Baker shares this from Mozambique, just loving the poorest of the poor. This is what Heidi says. It's not about, I'm sorry, it's, it's not complicated, she says. Just love the one in front of you. I never understood why people want to do big things. Just do little things with great love. Isn't that good? It's just like, what is my calling in life? Okay, well, you might have some specifics in there, but let me boil it down. Here's all of our calling in life. Love somebody and show them the love of Jesus Christ. Where do I find them? They're all around you. When? Every day. We have to be aware of what God's doing. I love what Bob Goff says. He says, people don't grow where they're informed. They grow where they're loved and accepted. It's not how much brains you have or how you can wield the Bible like a sword. How many of you know, until people know that they're loved and they're accepted, they don't care what you have to say. They have a major wall up. What would happen if this year, as we're living larger, if we just started loving people around us, not judging them, not being critical of them, not finger-pointing them, loving them? and accepting them, and praying for them, and creating an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can begin to allow us to speak into their lives. Wouldn't that be powerful? So we need to love people. You know, Wednesday night, we were in our Roar class, and we're talking about Jesus and his strategy, and it's interesting. I shared this, I think, before, but it's worth repeating that after Jesus rose from the dead, in case you didn't know this, he missed an amazing opportunity to really put his name out there, Because remember, here's this dead guy that comes to life. He prophesied it. If we were Jesus, we would have held massive crusades and got as many people there. And here I am, a dead guy, come to life. I'm really the son of God. Who wants to believe in me? Fill out the decision cards. You you guys understand the whole thing. What did Jesus do? None of that. Jesus went after his disciples individually. And he loved them. And he encouraged them. And he challenged them, and he put his arms around them when they were wavering in their faith. And I just saw this this week. How I many know this is why I'm telling you? Read the Bible, because the Bible actually reads you. And the Bible speaks things. God shows you things. You might have read the Bible a hundred times through, and it's still fresh when the Holy Spirit's speaking. Look at what I saw just this week. This is amazing. This is in Mark 16, verse 7. After Jesus rises from the dead, Jesus says this. Go and tell his disciples, including Peter that Jesus is going ahead of you in Galilee. This is amazing. Go and tell the disciples, including Peter. Peter is a disciple, but the Holy Spirit mentions Peter by name. Why does God Almighty put in the Bible all the disciples and Peter? Let me tell you why. Because Peter needed the encouragement more than anybody. And Jesus is about people, and he's about individuals, and he's about strengthening the hearts of people. And here's my question to you. 
I cannot strengthen the heart of every person in this church. Can you all agree to that? I can't even get everybody's name. I wish I knew everybody's story. I wish I could sit down personally with you all every single week. But I cannot do that. But here's what I want. Here's the vision I want you to see. What would happen if we love people in such a way and if everybody in this church knew everybody, somebody's name and somebody's story and everybody was connected and then when people came in here that were new, and maybe you came here today and I pray that you sense the love of God and that a gazillion people shook your hand and introduced themselves to you because here's the deal. When we all come together corporately like this, we create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can move in the moment. Because it's about what God is trying to do now. I'm telling you, every time we come together, there should be a sense of expectation like, God, I'm coming to church this morning for you to worship you, but this moment is pregnant with God. There are people that need a touch. There's people that need encouragement. Someone needs to get healed. Somebody needs to get set free. Somebody's lost and needs to find Christ today. I mean, the list goes on and on. Every single moment of every single day is pregnant with eternity and with, with, with potential and with, uh, with purpose every single day of every moment. But we don't look that way. We get in a rut. Let me go to the next one real quickly here. We talked about God's presence. We talked about God's, God's people. Let me encourage you to be aware of God's purposes. I love it what it says in John 11, verse 4. Uh, when Jesus heard about Lazarus being sick, Jesus said, Lazarus' sickness is not the end, is not going to end in death. It happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Here, here's my point. In every circumstance that we go through, we must bring the purpose of God as the template over whatever it is we're experiencing. Sometimes people go through pain, loss, injustice, sickness, disease, death. I mean, the world is full of all this, but listen to me. If we're God's people, we don't just sit back and go, man, this is a bummer. What did Jesus do when Lazarus died? He said, no, no, no. He looked at it through the purpose of God, and he realized God is about ready to do something amazing here to display his glory. How about this? When you're going through something this week, maybe you're in the middle of something right now, how about you say this as a declaration? Lord, I don't like what's going on. I don't like how it feels. I don't like what I'm having to go through, but I believe that this this very set of circumstances is pregnant with your purpose, and Lord, may you be glorified through my life in whatever's happening. That's one template. Let me give you another template. Sometimes we have to stand in faith. And we have to declare things even though it doesn't look like what's happening at the moment. In 2 Kings, Elisha said this, Lord, open the eyes of my servant and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. I just want to encourage you guys. Can we please stand this year if we're going to live larger and we're living in the moment when something happens and fear wants to creep in, anxiety wants to creep in, stress wants to creep in, whatever it is that's not part of the kingdom of God, could we just do like Elisha, the man of God, did? Lord, help me. Open my eyes. Let me see this situation from your perspective. As soon as the, the wise seasoned prophet Asked that of the Lord, the young, younger man's eyes were open. He goes, whoa. Instead of being freaking out, now all of a sudden he said, wow, those guys that are surrounding us, they're in for trouble. We're surrounded by chariots of fire. Those who are for us are more than those who are against us. Isn't that a declaration from, isn't that in the Bible somewhere? Uh, God, with God before us, who could be against us? We're more than conquerors. Sometimes we just need to declare in the midst of whatever the fire is, Lord, help me see your purposes because nothing happens by accident and there are no meaningless circumstances in a God-created world. There's purpose in everything and sometimes we just need to trust him in the dark. Again, I love what Bob Goff says. I used to 
think I could shape the circumstances around me, but now I know that Jesus uses the circumstances to shape me. That is a huge shift. I gotta fix everything and I want God to fix everything for me so that my life is great. And God's up there going, I don't think so. I'm fixing everything so that you look like my son Jesus and act like my son Jesus. So quit trying to fix the circumstances and simply ask God this question. Lord, what are you doing right here and right now? And then be quiet and let, and let, let him speak to your heart and show you what he's doing. Let me end with this. We need number four to have greater awareness of God's provision in 2019. God says in Isaiah 43, I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'm going to make a pathway through the wilderness, and I'm going to create rivers in the dry wasteland. I want to encourage us this year, if we're about the presence of God and recognizing the presence, if we're about people and recognizing our need to love somebody and serve people and touch people, and then if we're about seeing the purpose of God in the midst of what's happening, I can assure you that attached to all that will be the provision of God. If we act like God and we love people like God, guess what God promises? The provision to keep doing so. This is why, how many of you think it's a good idea that a leader should not tell you to do something that they themselves are not doing? That's called hypocrisy, right? And there's no authority when you tell people to do things you won't do. Like the, the worst thing a parent could say, do as, I, do as I tell you, not as I do. Do as I say, not as I do, right? Um, because kids are always good at pointing out the hypocrisies in our life. They have a gift for that. Anyway, Here's the deal. When I challenged you all to give on this I-54, I told Mary, and I said, we, we can't just challenge our people, and then we go, well, we don't have a, a lot of extra to give. So here's the deal. We asked the Lord, and he told us what to do, and we gave till it hurt. Anybody know what that talks about? But let me tell you, I, I've got a few stories. They're in the works. They're answers to prayer in the works because God says, you know what? When you feel like you're in a wilderness, I'm gonna make a pathway. God says when you feel like you're in a dry ground, I can make a river spring forth in the midst of a desert. That means God has supernatural provision for us. So here's what I can tell you. We've had to believe God from week to week on things and we have seen God do stupendous things, which here's what happened. Was there, was there a stretching involved? Yeah, but here's what I got. I got fresh stories. I got fresh uh, moments when God has moved. I have, I have divine phone calls. I have divine contacts. I have seen the hand of God orchestrate our life. And guess what? We have not gone without food in 20, 2018. We have not gone without whatever we needed in 2018 because God has provided that for us. But we had to do our part. Here's the point. If you'll walk with God, if you'll, if you'll partner with God, if you'll live and give your life away to love people, if you'll believe that God is with you and he'll never leave you or forsake you, and you will live in the moment expecting God to do something crazy awesome through your life to touch other people, you will always have what you need to get the job done. God says so. That's what it means to live in the moment. Some of us have big dreams that are way out there. But guess how you get to that big dream? In the moment. And then the next moment, and then the next moment, and then the next moment. But each of those moments has potential for something awesome and supernatural. So who wants to believe with me this year that corporately as a family, we're going to see God do stuff that's going to blow our minds. Amen? Come on, I'm with, I'm with you. And how about this? Go ahead and stand to your feet. I want to pray. Hop to your feet. Let's pray. I'm also believing this. How many of you think 2019 could be a year of crazy fruitfulness, like touching lots of people's lives? How many of you think Christ in you can touch lots of people's lives? And here, I'm going I'm to challenge you. We're going to go out these doors today in just a moment, and you're going to run into people 
the first way to live in the moment is to smile. Let people know that they think you like them <laughs> with a smile. That's always the best start. And then how about this? We, look, we ask this question everywhere we go. Lord, what are you doing? How can I be a part of it? What do you want me to do? And then here's our assignment. It's really simple. We only have a four-letter a four letter assignment for 2019. Love. Let's maximize the love of Jesus and see what God does to touch people's lives. Father, thanks for this church family. God, we want to live larger, and we want to do it with you. Help us right now to maximize this day, this moment, even as we leave. Man, there's people here, even on the way out, that we could bless, love, encourage, uh, whatever they need. Lord, we just want to listen, and we want to make sure we don't miss the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So Jesus, come and use us mightily. We want to live big lives. We want to live large. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.